listen, put me in the parking lot, you know, um, with Bears, and I'll go out there and play. It don't matter. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh, my goodness. I've been dreading this. <laughs> I have been dreading doing this. I'm sure you've been dreading listening, but we're here together and we're going to be okay. Today's show brought to you by our good friends at Fetch Me Home Delivery. Uh, you can use promo code 10OFF10OFF to support your local community, Auburn and Opelika. $10 off Savannah Thai Taste of Asia and Vendatories when you use promo code 10OFF10OFF. This past, uh, this past month, that was their most used code. So thank you so much for supporting them, supporting the community, and supporting Locked on Auburn. And, of course, you can use promo code ZAC20 for uh, for your first delivery free. ZAC20 for your first delivery free. That is their free Fetch Me Delivery app that is new and updated, as well as FetchMeDelivery.com. I'm Zach Blackerby. Michael Pappas, how are you? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty upset. It's a shame they had to cancel the college football season. Um, like, what do we even, the, this fall on Saturdays without football, it's just, it's, it's difficult, man. That joke stings a little bit more, um, this year. Cause like that actually could be a thing. So that is a joke. That is a joke. If you're waking up Monday morning, that did not happen. Jaws, how are you? I'm doing all right. I'm doing okay. Okay. You know, I've gotten over it. Um, you don't look like you have. Deep that down. That makes one of us. Deep down, honestly, no. <laughs> right. But, yeah, Pappas, I mean, that was a disaster. Um, a, a lot of people pointing at a lot of different things, and I, I think, honestly, it just comes down to Auburn was not prepared against Georgia. Um, a lot of people saying the offense, you know, the play calling stunk. A lot of people saying that, you know, Bo Nix looked bad. But I think bottom line is just one team was prepared and one team was not, and one team got punched in the mouth over and over and over again and couldn't do anything about it, and that was Auburn. Yeah, I mean, the whole – everyone looked bad. I mean, everyone did not play well, except I think there were like three guys who who played well. Shout out to Keandre Jones. Yeah. Keandre Jones, uh, on 23 pass-blocking snaps, graded out at almost an 80. Good for him. Yeah. Everyone else who played offensive line, good God. This is still a Brandon Council podcast, but yeah. – uh, but wasn't his game. I mean, it really wasn't anybody's game. And uh, you, you've seen kind of the the tweets and the posts going around about who Auburn has recruited to play offensive line. And the left side, you've got two guys that were recruited to play defensive tackle. And that was fine with Tega, but you, a lot of those guys are going to be misses. I mean, Alec Jackson, we talked about him going into fall camp and it's like I I just don't know how relevant he's gonna be, and he ended up you know being <laughs> in in contention for uh for Auburn's you know left tackle, which is arguably your most important spot on the line. Brahms, we saw him last year, and we're like, all right, can he take that big step from last year to this year? And to me, it just doesn't look like he's been able to do it. He's consistently beaten off the ball, and then there's times where Georgia would blitz guys, and Brahms wouldn't block anybody. And it's just, it, it, it was really, really tough to watch. And it happened over and over and over again. It's one of those situations where it's like nobody can do anything about it. You just got to sit there and take it. And it stunk. Yeah, it was, it was very tough. Uh, you mentioned Alec Jackson. He allowed seven pressures. 
Um, in case you guys were wondering, that's real bad. Out of 20-something attempts? Is that right? Out of 22, right? No, 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 no. The the team allowed 22 pressures as a as a unit out of 47 passes. Got pass it. Pass snaps. Okay. And Alec Jackson allowed almost a third of those. That's crazy. Yeah, so his, his pass grade was an 8.8 um, out of 100. An 8.8? For those of, of you at home, that's uh, that's... That's that's under average, I would say. <laughs> that is not good. That's not good out at of, all. Out of 100, there was one person on the team who was worse at pass blocking than he was, and it, it was Tank Bigsby. That actually surprises me. I thought he looked good in, uh, in blitz pickup. He had five plays where he he had five pr- plays and allowed one pressure and one hurry, so that's that's probably why. Interesting. Okay. All right. I wonder if that sample size was bigger, if he'd grade out a little bit better. That's interesting. Um, all right, as far as injuries, moving forward, Bernary's hand got injured in the third quarter, according to Gus Malzahn, as he spoke to the media last night. Marco Domio is nursing an injury. Jalen Simpson, they hope that he will be back this week. And Sean Shivers, they hope that he will be back for this week. I thought when the news came out about an hour before kickoff that Simpson was not going to be playing... I thought um, I didn't think it'd be that big of a deal, and like the defense got worn out in the first half. I don't feel like it was a personnel issue. I think they were just on the field the whole time, and they couldn't get a push up front. I don't think it had anything to do with Simpson being out. What do you think? I mean, Simpson being out obviously matters, but like it wasn't like the number two receiver for Georgia dominated. Like the the slot guy was open the entire game. Um, Christian Tut graded out at a thirty four point seven. That seems too high. And that I'm sorry, that was just his coverage grade. You're right. He he graded out on defense at a thirty two point six. And I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. Like, if Monday would have been there, would that have been able to help other guys more? I don't know. The announcers seem to think so. But I thought Peters did fine. Yeah, Peters was Auburn's fourth highest graded defender. I mean, obviously he let up that one big play, but he also was a borderline elite at tackling and made nine of them. So um, it's just kind of like, you know, you give up a little bit in coverage, but he was incredible at run defense. So, yeah, there was the the one big – Smoke Monday was the fifth highest graded guy on the team. I mean, that should tell you kind of all you need to know. How many snaps did he play? Three. Man. And that's a shame. That is an absolute shame. The highest graded Auburn defender, again, borderline elite, 88.9 defensive grade, six snaps, Caleb Johnson. Hmm. Hmm. How did, uh, how did pro football focus see Colby Wooden? Colby Wooden. Uh, 46.2. He just had no push whatsoever. And and, and no, none of the guys on the defensive front did, really. And, like, Daquan Newkirk looked exhausted. And, you know, I love Daquan Newkirk. But mm-hmm. the, it's just after about the you know the first three or four drives in the first uh, in the first half, they just they got no push at all. And so Stetson Bennett just had all the time in the world to throw. And, you know, I, I did my GIF thread yesterday. Check it out at Z Blackerby on Twitter. But and I picked on Tut a little bit there, but I also gave him credits. Like, yo, in this crossing route, 
you can't speak you, you can't expect him to cover this for six seconds. Like you mm-hmm. gotta get pressure at some point. And so like I know a lot of these coverage snaps are gonna look really bad for a lot of these defensive backs, but when there's no pressure, it's really, really hard to cover. I mean, that's that's not groundbreaking or anything. I just want to give these guys a nod. It's like, hey, you had a really bad night and you got better in the second half, but your your defensive front did not help you at all. Yeah, the defensive front was bad. And when you look at like I mean, when you watch the game and look at who was making the tackles, I, I guess you don't even need to watch the game. When you look at the stat sheet and look who was making the tackles, I mean, it's all KJ Britt, Jacoby McLean, and defensive backs. They made every tackle. Right. Um. Yeah. Uh, just just frustrating. Why was Devin Barrett in the game? That's a that's frustrating for me to be I, like. We were playing – the defense was playing so poorly that they put in Devin Barrett. They need an answer to that other corner, I guess. I don't I don't know. Cam Riley was in the game for both touchdown runs from, like, the one-yard line. And I don't want to pick on the guy because he's a freshman and, like, those were the two plays that he was in. But they ran right at him both times, and it looked like he just stood there. But once again, I mean, you need help from your defensive front, and he didn't get it. That you're, you're he exactly didn't get it, right. and it's the defensive front. I mean, with, with the exception of Colby Wooden, where it's um, you you have upperclassmen, Big Cat Bryant. I mean, I, I don't think he was fully healthy, if I'm being honest with you. But I mean, he had he had Stetson Bennett like dead to rights. You know, he's about to roll out, and it's just like this angle that he took, and it's like, then he gets outran by Stetson Bennett. I'm like, what are you doing, Big Cat? You were so much better than that. Papo had a few plays yeah. like that too, and I'm like, Owen, come on, you're the most athletic guy on the field. What's going on here? Yep, it was a little like they. I don't want to say underestimated Georgia, I and mean, that's an odd thing to say, but but it kind of feels yeah. like it. It kind of feels like they took the win for granted. I don't know. I just, I'm upset. Yeah. I knew it was going to happen, too. Every time we talked about what was going to happen in the game yesterday, last week, I was like, I'm very confident I'm just going to win, so I'm sure they're going to lose in some soul-crushing way. And I picked Georgia to win a close game. I think I said 17-13, 17-14, something like that. And I just, I didn't expect to get blown out. I did not expect it to be an embarrassment in the primetime game in college football on Saturday. And that's what it was. That's what it was. Hey, we'll continue this conversation in a moment right here on Locked On Auburn. Want to give some love to our friends at Built Bar? You can head over to builtbar.com. Use promo code Locked On for ten dollars off your first box. They have all kinds of flavors. They have flavors for uh, for everyone, whether it's peanut butter, chocolate. They even have your sweets. Uh, coconut is a very popular flavor uh, as far as you know, folks ordering from builtbar.com. All their bars very high in protein, very low in sugar. Very low in uh, calories, and of course, it could uh, it could fit your keto diet if that is uh, if that's what you're going for. So, once again, go to builtbar.com. Use promo code Locked On for ten dollars off your first box. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the 
biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, so as we recap this Auburn-Georgia matchup, I think uh, about halfway through the second half when we kind of realized, okay, this this is happening. You know, Auburn's not clawing their way back in this one. I think you then start to think about, okay, what does this mean? What does this loss mean for the season? What does it mean for Gus Malzahn? And the first thing that came to mind when I was watching the second half is if you are a kid being recruited by Auburn, Alabama, and Georgia, which there is a ton of those, it's really tough. It would be really, really tough for me to watch that game and say, I want to go to Auburn. And that's an issue. Yeah. I mean, it depends on the kid, right? Uh, if you're an offensive lineman and you're trying to play right away, you might've watched that and been like, well, I want to go to Auburn. I can play tomorrow. I could literally walk on a campus and compete for a job because those guys can't block. But Michael, we've been saying that for three or four years. Yeah. And, right. and, and, and Auburn has not been able to recruit these guys. Now we've got guys coming in now that look good. This this class coming in next year looks good, and so maybe that starts a new wave. But I mean, we're I mean Auburn fans they're back on the fire Gus Malzahn train, and I uh, that was real quick. It was real quick, and it was expected, and we should have seen it coming. But here we are, and so if, if Auburn plays like they did Saturday night. When you look at what the rest of the schedule looks like, Mississippi State and Ole Miss are not gimmies anymore. I think both of those teams are better than I expected them to be. Yeah, I I don't want to say I told you so, but like, well, yeah, I warned no. you. You called it. You called it. Especially Ole Miss. They looked really good against Kentucky. Kentucky gave the game away, but still, they, they, they look good. They're going to be able to score, and if Aubrey can't score with people, it's going to be an issue, especially those Mississippi schools. And then LSU – is something um, you know that it seems like they kind of found themselves a little bit lesser competition, but they definitely looked better. Um, Texas A&M seems very beatable. That's encouraging, but it's so late in the season. It's like if you no, dude, this is Texas A&M's year. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, but I mean, then obviously Alabama. It's just it's tough for me to see how this shapes out. I think there's two definite wins left on the schedule, and the rest are maybes. I think you got Arkansas and South Carolina. Auburn will win those games, but outside of that, it's it's going to be a battle every week. I mean, I t- I totally agree with you. This is bad. This is just a bad game. So Malzahn, Malzahn talking to the media last night. This seems like to make it worse. Um, he said, "Quote: I feel good about our offense getting better. Once we have the offensive line settled, I think we're close. We'll have a good offense." What does that quote make you feel or think about? as we're done with the second week of the season. I think he's right. <laughs> I know that wasn't what you were expecting me to say, Zach, I don't think. But, uh, I mean, Chad Morris did a lot of the stuff that we that we as Auburn fans have been clamoring for him to do. I mean, we saw him throw to tight ends a couple of times. He targeted Tank Bigsby eight times. Tank had seven catches. Um, Anthony Schwartz was targeted 15 times. Seth Williams was targeted 10 times. 
Like he's trying to get the he's getting the ball to the playmakers or trying to get the ball to the playmakers. Yeah, Jaws and I were talking about this before we started recording, Michael, and I have no issue with the scheme. You know, Jaws and I were kind of poking at the uh, the the quarterback draw on second and long, but I mean, outside of that, I, I think the scheme was fine. It's just been execution. The execution was really really bad. Yeah, I I don't even hate the quarterback draw on second and long. Like you have an athletic quarterback, call it right. I mean, if you are confident in his ability to run the ball, do it. Here's the problem right here. When Bo Nix, when he was not under pressure, had an adjusted completion percentage of 77%. I believe it. When Bo Nix was not blitzed, adjusted completion percentage, 62.5%. When he was blitzed, adjusted completion percentage, 66.7%. When he's under pressure... His adjusted completion percentage is 47.1. Like, keep the dude clean. He's he's a good quarterback. Right. Yeah, we'll keep he the conversation. He can do it. Yeah. Like, we'll- I don't... Tough. I'm, I'm frustrated. We'll keep the conversation going in just a moment right here on Locked On Auburn. So last week, we gave away a pair of Shady Rays. or um, In fact, we're going to give you guys for the rest of Monday to uh, enter that. Um, so we'll, we'll, fi- we'll pick that person tomorrow on Tuesday. But this week, we are giving away a year-long subscription to the Auburn Observer. Talked to Justin Ferguson about it. He said, absolutely. So uh, be sure to head over to AuburnObserver.com and uh, subscribe. Or you have a chance to enter. Uh, we're going to do the same thing. We're going to do five random words, um, and then you can text us at the end of the fifth show. So after Friday's show goes up with all five of those words in our hotline, 205-502-4285. Jaws, give us a word. Um, crisp. Crisp. That's a nice word. Okay. Crisp. Just like the coverage at the Auburn Observer. That's exactly right. Crisp. Okay. That is your first word there. Um, so speaking of our, our hotline, you guys absolutely blew it up, and I, I really, really appreciate it. Um, yeah, we had like over 150 voicemails and, and texts. It was crazy. So uh, we can't get to all those, but the general feeling was the same on pretty much you know 80 to 90% of them. And it was frustration, and we get that. Um, some people are more doom and gloom than others. I don't think the season's over. And in fact, the way Malzahn has talked since the Georgia loss, so post game and then last night, it sounds a little bit like 2017 after LSU when he was telling everybody, like, it's not the end of the world. And his response was so like nonchalant. Everybody was like, what? Are you kidding me? And then everything he said was correct. So it's kind of like, Michael, your response when I read the offensive line quote from last night. And you're like, well, he's right. If the offensive line gets shored up, it's going to be really good. Um, I kind of have the same feeling here. I know some people that are super anti-Gus don't want to hear that, but that's just kind of the vibe that I'm getting. Yeah, um, I totally agree. Like this was this was not good. Don't don't get me wrong. There's absolutely no, I don't know, defense for what just happened. Um, there's no sugarcoating how bad it was. It was poo poo, and it was bad. But, it, you know, you saw, A, you saw glimpses, but B, you know the talent is there, right? right? The skill position players all played well. I mean, Seth Williams didn't have his great, his best game, but 
Um, He's being asked to like make ridiculous catches though. Like they, they aren't getting him open. Yeah. I mean, it's like Seth for you to get a reception, you will be draped with someone. Yeah. Sort of. I mean, yeah. I mean, even the, uh, the touchdown catch that he dropped, everyone's like, Oh, he should have caught that. It's like, are you kidding me? But that would have been ridiculous. But it's Seth Williams. Everyone's like, oh, you should just catch everything. Like, I, I no, think he's being he asked. <laughs> you think so? Dude, I mean, he went up and it was in his hands. Like, he had the ball. And I understand it's a tough catch. But when you have two hands on the football and, like, he tucked it. Like, you have to catch that ball. If you're coming down with the football, you should catch it. Now, I understand, like Michael just said, that's a really difficult catch. But, you know, it was a catchable ball, obviously. I, I just think it's I just think that's tough. And and I think the NFL draft is gonna come around in a few months and all these mock drafts are gonna be coming out. We're gonna be talking about them. You know, the the network does mock draft Monday, this network wide thing. We're gonna participate in it more this year. But everyone's gonna be like, Why is Seth not going higher? And it's gonna be because he can't separate himself from these guys. So th- that's something to watch. Now, obviously scheme can help you, but at some point you have to generate the separation from these other guys. That's something I wanna see more from Seth Williams. But Schwartz, I mean, you talked about you know him getting, what, you said 15 targets, right? Yeah, 14 or 15. Yeah, and I love the whole motion him across the field and throw it to him short. I love that. A lot of people are upset. It's like, well, send him down the field. Send him down the field. I'm like, I don't think he's that type of receiver. Not yet, anyway. I think he's very fast, but I don't think he's this natural route-running wide receiver that you're going to see, you know, get 25 yards downfield. And Bo had a chance to hit him a few times, but I, I just think when it comes down to it, I think the easier way to get Schwartz involved more often is what they did on Saturday night. That was my favorite part of the offense outside of Tank Bigsby on Saturday. Did you say natural? Oh, yeah, I did. Natural wide receiver Kobe Hudson got his catch. He got a, he got a really nice catch. Yeah, he did. It was, he is so natural at the yeah. wide receiver position. It was natural, Yeah, I got to say. Bo Nicks was 16 of 17 throwing the ball down the middle of the field shorter than 10 yards. If that makes... I hope that made sense. Yeah, it does. Like... I'm surprised you threw that many. the line is, they're going to have to start throwing a bunch of short passes. This is going to look like the Green Bay Packers, the year that Aaron Rodgers won their... Um, won the Super Bowl, where okay. the offensive line is so bad that they basically have to adjust the offense so they don't throw the football past seven yards down the field until they run just a play action bomb to Jordy Nelson. See, here's that Aaron Rodgers has to like avoid three sacks and then just launch it. Here's the thing, though: Will Gus adjust to that? Will it's Gus not Gus, real- though. Yeah, well, Chad, this is the. M- I have to say, one of the more frustrating parts about watching this game is everyone being like frustrated about the plays that were being called or stuff that's happening with the offense and just being like, oh, it's the same old Gus. Like, this is not Gus. Right. Gus finally did what people have been begging him to do for years, and he, he handed it over to somebody else. I have no, once again, I didn't have any issue with the scheme on Saturday. I just think Auburn got beat. They got beat up front on both sides of the football, and they, they couldn't fight back from it. So, moving forward, Auburn got punched in the mouth. 
How do you bounce back from it? We've seen Malzahn teams say, okay, all right, and they turn it around. And we've also seen Auburn teams that say, yeah, I don't want to do this. So we'll see what kind of character and moxie this team has. They seem to really want it. A lot of guys came back with it and have to. I think they're going to bounce back. I'm glad that Auburn plays Arkansas this week because we know that Malzahn loves nothing more than putting up 40 or 50 on Arkansas. And then you kind of get a chance to put your feet up on you, get your confidence back, and then it's full steam ahead. Yeah, also, you don't if you don't think Chad Morris is looking to put up 100 against Arkansas, I mean, come on. Do we have anything else we want to talk about today? We want to talk about how good Tank Bixby was? Yeah, I mean, let's just go ahead, Zach, and, and say some bright spots because it's not like this game was without a few positives. Okay. Right? I mean, there's always something to take away. Um. I've got a couple. I don't know how many you have if you want to go first. I think uh, uh, number one is the same for both of us. Yeah, Tank Bixby, I thought he was uh, he was incredible. Uh, we kind of talked in our group chat between the three of us. Um, th- there were times where he looked like Alvin Kamara to me. He was more involved in the passing game than I expected him to be, both receiving, and I thought he would grade out better than those numbers that you mentioned as far as him pass blocking and keeping um, you know blit, uh, with blitz pickup. But all in all, I thought Tank looked really, really good, especially – when you kind of lump in the fact that the offensive line did not look good. So uh, Tank Bixby was the brightest spot. Yeah, I I think his grade is so poor because I think he only had like two pass blocking snaps and he let up a a pressure and a hurry on one of them. And so that just doesn't translate well because it's half. Uh, Yeah, he was awesome. He had 68 yards receiving and 86 yards after the catch. Which means that they were getting him the ball behind the line of scrimmage and he was making plays. Right. I mean, uh, I was watching the, the NFL yesterday. And if you watch the NFL, obviously one of the things that the quarterbacks are very good at is when no one's open, they dump it off. And a lot of times those guys can scamper for 8 to 10 yards. And it's like, oh, wow. Great job. That's weird. Um, That's what it looked like Tank was doing. Mm -hmm. And and I I thought he was absolutely great. Earlier, Zach, you said um, hopefully Shivers will be back next week. I I hope Shivers is not back next week. Selfishly, I want to watch Tank Bigsby. Um, I want Shivers to be back just so we can see what the coach's workload is for both of them, what that rotation is like. Um. Because, like, the uh, Tank was the running back. The DJ, they, like, put him in at wide receiver when they went empty. Mm-hmm. And that was wild. That was crazy. Like, every time Auburn went five wide, DJ Williams was there. It was wild. Yeah, that was all. Yeah, I, I thought that was really interesting also. I don't I hate it, by know. the way. I love empty sets. I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, I thought it was weird that they picked DJ Williams. But I would guess that it's because... They want you to think that they might motion him into the backfield. Yeah, and it's a personnel thing. Like if you go out there with nothing but tight ends and receivers, the the defense is going to match you personnel wise. So if you have a if you have a running back, you have to keep linebackers on the field. So that's yep. that's why you do that. Yes, but I meant like why DJ versus Tank. Yeah, I guess he needed a break. I don't know. That could have been it also. Um, bright spot number two. How about certified big boy cat? <laughs> Our certified big boy, J.J. Pegues, uh, the king of short yardage situations. 
I mean, come on. I think we should do it uh, on first and ten. Let's just let's, just let's just open it up. He nailed it. I mean, I have never seen an Auburn Wildcat be perform. I've never seen any Auburn player run the Wildcat that well in my life. It was very efficient. He went in there with a plan, with a role, and he knocked it out of the park. Current or former Auburn player. Yeah, totally. I would much rather have J.J. Pegues in the Wildcat than Kerryon Johnson. I mean, I'd probably go with Ronnie Brown, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You go with Kerryon Johnson. Uh, He didn't do that at Auburn, though. Yeah, but I said current or former. Got it. Jaws, do you have any positive things from the weekend? Yeah, you know, Pegues, you know, that was awesome. I kind of want to see Pegues throw the ball. Like, I almost want to see that. Right. It was that awesome. Like, um, he'll do it. <laughs> you know he'll do it. <laughs> Certified big boy J.J. Pegues can do anything. I, th- I would love to see it. Um, Alvin Kamara looked really nice for us uh, on Saturday. You know, I think that's going to be awesome moving forward if we can get him an offensive line. Um, yeah, those two. Those two positives. Uh, Kobe Hudson, natural wide receiver, his first catch. We mentioned that briefly. I thought that was good. Kind of curious to see if we see more of him. Moving forward, Capers kind of disappeared. Um, you saw him every now and then, but um, I would assume far less snaps. I haven't seen that breakdown um, than what he did against Kentucky. So that's something I would like to see. Um, especially like with Shedrick missing, um, I don't know, not capitalize on his targets. So uh, I'm curious to see what that looks like rotationally moving forward. Um, the... Uh... Not to go back to negatives, but I got confused and infuriated by the numbers situation again. Yeah. Why'd, why'd they let a different defensive player start wearing number 31? I don't know, buddy. It's I, immensely confusing, especially because Chainsaw is not a particularly large human being. So every time that he, every time I see him on the field, I'm like, oh, Cam Martin? <laughs> Cam? Cam? Back? Your defense? Zacobi, and then I see number 31 walking around on defense. I'm like, what is happening? Right. What is going on? Um, my last positive note, Jordan Peters looked really, really good. Uh, he stepped up in a big way. You lose one of your defensive leaders. Say what, you know, we can say what we want about Spoke Monday, but he gets guys lined up, and he's kind of the, uh, you know, the, the heart of that defense outside of K.J. Britt and uh, Jamie and Sherwood. So uh, you definitely want him on the field at all times. But I don't think there was much of a drop-off at safety. I don't think that was the issue. On Saturday, so props to uh, props and a shout out to Jordan Peters. Uh, yeah, I do think there's something to be said with like you know you replace Smoke Monday, who's one of your defensive leaders, like you said, Zach, with a fifth year senior who should know exactly what to do, right? Um, and he did. Yeah, for the most part, they got behind him once, but for some reason, like no one on Auburn's team could cover number ten. That was just infuriating. Um, a a bright spot for me, George Pickens did not beat you. Well, um, I know that that might sound strange. He beat Roger on that one. On one. Still only um, had two catches for 26 yards. Yeah. That, I, I that, mean, one of those, though, was really, really big. Yeah. I, I, I get it. I understand that. Um, I guess for me, it's more like, you know, we're not talking about how we're, we George Pickens was the sixth or seventh best receiver on the, on his team. Yeah, four targets, two receptions. Like he was not open, and they didn't throw him the ball. You know what that tells me? He's not actually that good. We should be glad he goes to Georgia and not Auburn. No, 
But Ro- Roger McCreary is the guy that we thought he was going to be. Yep. Yeah. And, I mean, I think pretty much until that touchdown pass, he was shadowing, which may not have happened if Simpson played. Yeah, right. And that may have been different, and the whole defense could have looked different. That that may have not have been the case if he had Smoke Monday out there for safety help. That's a good point. For, for the other guys. So, um, I don't know. And I'm going to be honest. If you're a cornerback and you're going up against an elite receiver and you lose one time, that's a pretty good – you got to be pretty happy. I know he'll probably be like, well, I got beat once. But, like, dude – he had a pretty good game. Yeah. A pretty, I mean, people are talking about George Pickens as being like a top five receiver in the country, and he made two catches. You're right. You're right. Yeah, so and shout so out to Roger have, McCreary. Yeah, really good yeah, night we don't there. have to sit here today and be like, George Pickens beat us. Yeah, that would have been a lot worse. You're right. Somehow. It somehow would have been worse if that had happened. So, uh, Pappas, where can people find you and hear you, buddy? Uh, follow me on Twitter at Couch Potato. Jaws. They can find me in my bed crying. Um, you follow me on Twitter <laughs> at, uh, at Dawtober. Follow me on Twitter at Z Blackerby. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Auburn and on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow and we will look ahead to Arkansas right here on Locked On Auburn. It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. <laughs>